Welcome to this episode of Idea Farm. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. This week, Kel and I start the show off uh, with a brief conversation about report card comments, uh, some things about Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan and a couple of his podcasts. Uh, Kel drops in on some student conversations he's been having. And we talk for a good amount of time about uh, behavior, uh, classroom management, things of that. And then around the 36-minute mark, we kind of just get into a random um, thought conversation that goes from talking about opinions and arguments and uh, teacher-student relationships and Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, a quote from Guy Ritchie. Uh, and kind of ending as sometimes we often do with the, our aversion to death and then talking about cats uh, and the difference between cats and dogs. Make sure you check out uh, ideafarm.education where you can interact with us and um, find some resources that we talk about during the podcast. And if you want to communicate with us, give us some feedback, let us know how things are going. Uh, you can do that there. Or you can uh, rate us or give us some feedback on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, we thank you so much for your time. Oh, and one new thing we're using this week is a, a song. Um, it's called Blind Love Dub by someone named Jerris. And I found it over at the dig.cc mixter. Um, website. There's a lot of free uh, or common Creative Commons licensed music that you can use. Um, so I found that while I was making this episode, uh, putting it all together. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, so that's what this song is called. And here we go. Do you have a word count limit on your comments? Uh, we have like character limits, but it's like four thousand characters. So how many words would that be? Or like it's a bunch. Like... It's a good amount. It's a good amount. We do pretty in, we we do pretty intensive comments here down mm-hmm. in elementary. So I've always heard. Uh, I've always heard that's the vein yeah. of many elementary teachers. <laughs> I don't mind. Totally. I mean, it takes time, but it's good. So it's important. Um to kind of communicate because that's the one thing the parents do read out of anything well it's useful like thinking about like yeah. i like the comment if they're actually going to read them that's the only thing right. isn't it oh well, yeah 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 so i always, I always try to have like a theme to mine for whatever reason yeah. <laughs> the first school that i was at internationally which i wasn't a teacher at you know but they they didn't actually give grades i don't think they just gave like these big long narratives essentially oh, fantastic that's, that's but there was better. only like a hundred only like 120 kids in the whole school so you can do that obviously right yeah yeah grades five to you know 12. oh wow mm-hmm. that's pretty cool that must have been a great experience on yeah. some level yeah hey what is was the what did you say the number of 150 you told me about once so your brain yeah i saw like... 150 well that was for a business thing but then in that jordan that uh, podcast they said the for relationships it's 250 or something 250. like that, but but for, that for communication person purposes within a business there's like a rule of 150. So after you get over one, 150 employees, mm-hmm. then communication and, and kind of the starts to break down. So it's better to have like 
to instead of having one building with 200 people in it, like separate it to two buildings with 100 people in each kind of thing, and then have yeah. those people communicate and then kind of communicate upwards too or something like that. Did you watch that second one? Uh, we have t- I we have 20 minutes left, so it's God, been... is it not awesome? <laughs> it's so good. I think it's my favorite <laughs> podcast ever. Yeah, no, it's, he's uh, they're they're a good uh, they're a good duo. Yeah. Because I, I really like that uh, that Rogan, if he doesn't, or if he's like, no, I don't think that's right, he'll call you. He'll say something about it. He won't just go, oh, yes, okay, you're really, really smart. You know what I mean? So he would at least yeah. go, no, I don't think that's right, and then kind of have him think about it or talk about it a little more. But, I mean, just the amount of knowledge that that Peterson guy has is ridiculous. Yeah. It's like and, he has studied that. Yeah, and I, I have tons of confirmation bias with him just because right. I like <laughs> exactly. I just like his mode of thought. I like Carl Young. I like Joseph right. Campbell and those guys, and he's yeah. all about yeah. that, you know. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there And there's so many stuff that kind of makes sense. Or, or, like, you know, I always try to think of it through the lens of education or whatever. Um, and there were some really, like, there's just some stuff I've been thinking about all year that kind of he was putting it into words in a, in a good way or in a much better way than I could when it came to like um, the whole thing about like uh, your tribe and then like, you know, who you care for. And then if, if someone says something that's different than, you know, or that's outside, then they're the snake and you want to destroy the snake kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, but then he also said about um, how we've always, We've always thought, uh, like our our heroes are always truthful, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, and I, what I what I thought about the dichotomy of those two statements is that tribes are only interested in their own truth. Like they don't they don't want. Yeah, they celebrate their truth. They don't celebrate truth. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, and yeah, I was absolutely. I was I was hoping they would have gone into that, but they didn't. Um, mm-hmm. But I because I see that, you know, just in my professional life and then just watching the students like it's like I, I get it now I get like why fitting in and, and doing and being part of the tribe is so important you know mm-hmm. like you know I kind of on some level understood that at some point but like like to hear it kind of expressed that way it's like okay so like this is why this is one of the huge reasons why kids behave the way they do is because all they want is you know that affirmation and be part of whatever that tribe's kind of truth is or whatever Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've seen that in your travels as well. <laughs> um, I've got to like, I watched that whole podcast and it was just so awesome. I, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say it was better than the first one because it depends right. on how one affects you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But for me personally, I was just like, wow, like all that's that whole conversation. Like I, I've got to, I'll probably watch that podcast three or four or five times just because for they, sure, you know, um, I wanted to send you another one. You know, we get overwhelmed sending each other. Uh, <laughs> you start vibing with somebody. I have friends like that. And, you know, you're just yeah. constantly sharing information, which is good, as we should. Yeah. You just yeah. have to give people time to get into it. But um, Exactly. I don't know if you happen to see one that he just did last week. It's only an hour. They're usually not that short. And he was talking to mm-hmm. a guy in a hotel room. Very odd. Like, he actually went out of his way to go meet this guy. Did you happen to <laughs> see this by chance? No. no huh? uh, there's some relevance to education. Like, he just talks about I don't know what you would actually call this guy. He's some type of, I don't know. I I don't even have the vocabulary. I'm feeling pretty ignorant right now, but (laughs) he was talking about the brain, not in a psycho, not in the Jordan Peterson way. He was more talking about Mm -hmm. like the physical 
makeup of the brain. Oh, okay. He was yeah. talking about the, the prefrontal cortex mm-hmm. and how it doesn't even fully go online until you're like 23, 4, 5. Right, yeah. And just yeah. talking about how, you know, Joe Rogan was talking with him and he was kind of exaggerating the point, but he was saying, you know, through middle school years, and you're pretty much at middle school when I teach middle school, mm-hmm. just an ape really. Like you, you don't <laughs> right. even have, you have very low impulse control and, you, and that, yeah. that thing which actually makes you have delayed gratification and think about the future and abstractly mm-hmm. is not even online yet. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and it drops offline all the time. How so? Like, oh, because like it'll be online for a little bit, and then you'll be, you know, and then it'll disappear, and then that's mm-hmm. why a lot. Of, that's why there's a lot of that, because a lot of times we think it's hormones or whatever that's causing teenagers to do that stuff, but it's just it's the brain kind of just going crapping out at some level. Yeah, and maybe <laughs> did, they get like, into, like, did they get into the evolutionary reasons for that? Like, I've just I've figured, yeah, they, was, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I got to rewatch it too because the the, the beginning of it was so mind blowing. Because they were actually, you know, they kind of drifted into that conversation. But they actually started by talking about, uh, and this, this is just like, there's so many implications you could draw from this. But uh-huh. he was talking about something called exoplasmosis, which is a okay. parasite. Ooh. And have you ever heard these? Th- I'll give you an analogy, and then and then I'll tell you what it is. Like, you ever? Heard, I, I can't mm. remember exactly how I heard it, but it's, someone was saying one time that like grass itself, grass mm-hmm. is like the most brilliant manipulator of humanity because it has managed to have itself spread all across the planet okay. through our agriculture, something like oh, that. Oh God. Right. Gotcha. Okay. And like humans yeah. are just at the service of grass, you know, it's kind of huh. absurd. I don't know if anyone right, really right. believes that, but it's something like that had been said to me. So it's kind of along those lines, this parasite can only reproduce in the gut of domestic cats. That's the only environment they found where it can sexually okay. reproduce. <laughs> But it is in, the estimates are at least 50% of the humans on the planet. Really? Right. Huh. And so how does this thing end up in the gut of cats? Like, this is the fascinating part. Mm-hmm. And this is what the scientist has been exploring. It actually hijacks the brain huh. of mice and rats. Huh. So the mice or the rats eat cat poo, right? right. Uh-huh. So they get the parasite and it hijacks their brain. And it literally attacks their sexual, like the, I guess the hormones that drive sexuality mm-hmm. and it rewires their brain so that, <laughs> and this is fascinating. He said, if you took a cat, which they have, which is like a lab cat for generations, mm-hmm. like that's never actually lived in the wild and just put a bit of cat pee in their cage, they will freak out and get as far away from it as they can. Really? I'm sorry. I said cat didn't. I'm sorry. A, my, a oh. mouse. Okay. Right, right, right. Okay. They have such an aversion to cats uh-huh. it's just such uh-huh. a natural predator the brain is hardwired even though they've never seen one mm-hmm. that is danger uh-huh. so this parasite actually makes them sexually aroused by, by cat urine. <laughs> that's incredible and that's yeah incredible. <laughs> yeah so one way or another this parasite has learned to manipulate mice and rats to get eaten by cats to end up in the gut of a cat uh, right yeah this huh. is that's this life is man my, yeah <laughs> And I'm like, we have no clue what's going on. We're stuck in our ego story, and we, but oh, something yeah. else big is happening. Like, we, we are just the workers for grass, essentially. You know, it's just a metaphor. Sure. But something is going on that we don't even understand. Just like, yeah, that's amazing, man. Yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. I would do that's, and so that's that's just that's mind-boggling. Yeah, it definitely is. Because I mean, I don't obviously I don't think the parasite is doing that intelligently. 
Right. Yeah. Like, how does this yeah. shit manifest, man? Like, that's when you start thinking, like, what's behind all this? You know what I mean? Like, right. that's why that people just believe, evolution, kind of thing. Right. That's why people believe in some intelligence because they're just like, how does this thing manifest that you don't? Yeah. Uh, this Alan Watts guy I always listen to. He talks about Buddhism and things like that. He's like, mm-hmm. you don't know how you're growing hair. You don't know. <laughs> you you don't you're not in control of this whole thing like the real he this, he he plays with this he's actually just explaining like hinduism and, and buddhism uh-huh. and things like that but he was saying the real you is god or something like that some mm-hmm. entity like that mm-hmm. yeah. the fake you is your ego and you and the real you that you don't realize you are you don't know how you're growing hair or how you mm-hmm. you don't make the what do you call it not the like the auto response systems in your body right, like right, things yeah, you don't even yeah. control like you don't know how you're doing that. You're just doing it. It's incredibly yeah. complex, you know? Yeah. And I guess like, that's how I imagine those parasites. Like, I don't think they're like intelligently doing that. It just happens. Right. It's just done through, right. through natural selection over hundreds and thousands of millions of years. Or whatever. Oh man. <laughs> and then like, I was like, I had some incredible conversations today with my kids. Like I have yeah. some brilliant kids, man. Like, that's cool. Yeah. And, and I don't know, like, I don't know if you've ever been like this, but I have to be now because I'm like at the end of the year and I'm and like they're doing their last project and I'm like, wow, I can make them get back to task or I can have this super deep conversation with them right? and yeah. actually learn from them. Like they're blowing uh-huh. my mind, oh, you know? Cool. Yeah. Like these, some of these kids are just like way into computer programming. Like they uh-huh. know how to write their own code and stuff like that. And, right. um, but anyway, we ended up on this conversation talking about Elon Musk, you know, he's a crazy uh-huh. dude. He like, Yes. <laughs> he microdoses LSD with his like, Does he? <laughs> yeah, Jesus. like microdoses. He's not like tripping right. balls or anything like that, you know. But they he do. Figures this. Out. Huh. Um, and he thinks, and he, he's basing this off of another philosopher who published a paper within the re- past year or so. Mm-hmm. I have to look at his name, but uh, he says that statistically, it's almost impossible that we're not actually living in a simulation like the Matrix. Huh. Now that doesn't mean he's right, but you know, he's right. no, no, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I can but say all sorts of shit. That, yeah. <laughs> he says that it's more likely that we are in a simulation than not in a right. simulation. Well, I um, mean, yeah, we are made of pixels. What do you mean? A- like atoms. What? Like if you think okay. of, you know, if you think of a screen that you're looking at, it's made of pixels, right? Uh, at the mm-hmm. very bottom of it, it's made of like little pieces. And then we're at the uh, pieces that you can't see with the naked eye kind of thing. We're the same. Yeah. Everything around us is the same. So on some level, you know, we are a simulation or we created our own kind of, I mean, and like, if you think of, I've always been blown away by like Google and like how much stuff you can save on their systems. And it's like infinite. It's like they've created a universe. Yeah. It's like, there's no, there, you can put unlimited data on their servers, which is just weird. Do you think it, the Google is Skynet? It could be. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, seriously, like, yeah. I mean, I look at yeah. South Carolina. South Carolina's having a battle right now with Google because Google just built a huge plant there, and they're like, we need uh, 1.5 million gallons of water daily to cool right. our systems. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, um, this I kid know. that I was talking to, by the way, like, <clears throat> mm-hmm. he never even. Heard, I was telling him about the Elon Musk thing because he was blowing my mind talking about coding and all this, and I was right. like, you probably will be interested in this. So I was just telling him, mm-hmm. and so I just said to him. Because one thing that this theory proposes, they were thinking, well, what kind of computer would it take to run a simulation like this that you think uh-huh. is absolutely real? Right. And they were, and in the in the, I mean, this sounds totally absurd. I get it. I'm just sharing the <laughs> idea with you. Okay? Um, that at some point in the future, we produce 
or AI produces self-replicating robots. And then they uh -huh. would go to some, you know, void planet like Mars and turn the whole planet into a giant mainframe, basically like mm. a big giant computer. Okay. And that's where the, the thing, and so I say to the kid, I'm like, but the question would be, because the philosopher doesn't say this, at least not mm. in the three minute video I watched. <laughs> the, the, I asked this kid, I'm like, but the question is, why would they have the simulation in the first place? And the kid right. literally took like two seconds and said, maybe they're just trying to predict the future. And I was like, holy huh. shit, this kid is wow. smart. Like, Cause That's I mean, we run, good. don't we run simulations to try to imagine mm -hmm. where climate change is going and things like that? Yeah, for sure. Well, that's all and all those spreadsheets and everything. It's just like it's you're you're playing and fidgeting with with numbers to see what happens. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. I would think that as humans, we would definitely want to do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to have some sort of simulation that you could see and like plot, and like play with to see what actually happens. I'm sure mm -hmm. people would love that. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's and that's all those online games and everything. I thought that was a really super interesting point in the. Um, in that podcast about how, why games are so big for people and just like the success that they feel and all that stuff and how it's, the, it's being a hero and like you actually get to be a hero yeah. in your life without, and I hadn't really thought of that on that level before. Didn't you and I talk about that? Weren't you in the video? Yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah. And that was before yeah, that I, podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And so I wasn't, I was, I wasn't super, super into them. I guess more of the sports ones or whatever. I think it was more camaraderie than anything. Yeah, I was um, definitely way too into them. And it wasn't about yeah. camaraderie because nobody would play with me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, drop it. Drop the remote, man. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Uh, hey, I, um, I actually wanted to, because you have a pretty deep psychological background. Um, I've been really thinking, because I have you ever read any Alfie Cohn? I think I've asked you about him before. No, I don't think so. Okay. He's a pretty progressive educated educator and researcher. Mm -hmm. um, he's got pretty good stuff. Uh, and I've been reading some, uh, a book of his called from coercion to community. It's about like, uh, discipline and relationships and kind of behavior. And, and I haven't gotten through the whole thing, but, um, on some level, I'm, I'm wondering how much, and then you were talking about the brain too. How much do kids actually choose to behave? And it's not so much just a learned response to their environment that they're in. Do, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's almost a reaction more than I am thoughtfully going to do this thing right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. Instead of I'm just reacting to my situation and I'm reacting in a way that I've learned how to react to it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you know, like the like how what per, I mean, I I don't expect you to know a percentage, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in in general, like because it seems to me it's more a reaction than it is a thoughtful. Mm -hmm. This is how I choose to react now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I know what you mean. Um, well, I mean, no, I don't know. I mean, I, I have several things I want to say to that. One is, yeah. you know, I think this even moves from psychology into philosophy because they're still not exactly sure. And I would say even your philosophy probably determines some of the stuff you're doing in psychology because and the guy that, that was talking about the uh, exoplasmosis, mm -hmm. he, he's deterministic. And so was like, um, mm -hmm. who's that guy that wrote a book called The End of Faith? He's a philosopher. If I said his name, you would know him immediately. But uh, okay. anyway, those guys, because he was saying that you don't really have much free will, kind of like what you're saying, like you learn these things and like your brain, you think you're choosing, but you don't really mm -hmm. have that much choice. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I would, I think that we have a default setting of not like, I think that 
I think that we all start off like what you just described, like we learn to act a certain way. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that we have the capacity to wake up. I think that yes. is one of those phenomenons that they try to explain yeah. in various religions or through mindfulness or whatever. Like mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've been doing mindfulness with my kids recently just because I did a unit on emotional intelligence. And I just wanted them to be able to see the way their brain is out of control. That's all. Right. Right. Yeah. The mind is a monkey out of the cage, right? I think once you start to realize, and I've seen this practice in my own life and you know, if we got into a philosophical conversation of whether I actually chose to go this route or if it was just deterministic, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but I do think that as you start to watch your brain and see that the thoughts come and then I chase it like a dog chasing a car mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then I learn to just sit and not have that impulse because, you know, all this is backed up by dopamine and, and other things right. that are rewarding, you know, so I just yeah. keep doing it. But there is yeah. something that we can't quite explain, I think, mm-hmm. which is like some idea of free will, which is if you can learn to break it right yeah it gets easier each time like mm-hmm. but i do agree with you i think that especially with the age group that you and i are teaching no they're just they're kind of in that eight phase and i think that most of us probably stay in that our whole lives i don't know how many people yeah. really wake up you know yeah i don't know i saw some socrates quote he was like uh he's like being angry at the right person at the right time for the right reason for the at the right moment or whatever is is super hard <laughs> i was like yes yes he's right like you you know because when it is it's it's a very it's a it's absolute control to be you know to be feeling the right thing at the right time or whatever you know quote unquote what right means or whatever but um mm-hmm. but yeah because i mean that is that is ultimate kind of control over yourself and your thoughts and stuff but i almost wonder too with the mindfulness stuff is sometimes you have to let your brain just kind of go crazy or no, totally. you know, like, and just kind of go through thoughts and kind of have that time to reflect, but also be able to control it. It's like, it's like you have to kind of weave in yeah, and out of both. Totally. Both and I think, I think it's just being aware of it. That's all. Yeah, for sure. Cause I think that kids, um, I say kids cause I'm working with kids. I mean, me too, <laughs> me, right. Humans. <laughs> but, um, we don't, we're, we're often unconscious of how much we're just chasing impulses. That's all mm-hmm. we're really chasing. Right. Yeah. You know, your brain tells you, like, if you've ever gotten, like, I lived alone <laughs> for mm-hmm. a few years and I just got really in my own head, you know. And I yeah. was teaching psychology at the time, so I just had less distractions. Right. And I realized that I would, you know, it sounds like psychotic, but you almost do hear a voice. Like, if you ever mm-hmm. really start to pay attention, like, metacognitively to how you think. Mm-hmm. You're almost having a conversation with yourself, you know. Yeah. Um, and you like that's like kids would be like, I want some water. Hey, Mr. Chips, can I get some water? You know, if you just wait 30 seconds, you're not gonna want any water. You're just gonna be thinking about something else. You know what I mean? But we do that constantly you as well. Yeah. Even yeah. worse, you and I are, yeah. you know, as we become adults, we're actually more capable of following those impulses and we'll follow mm-hmm. it up a mountain. You know, I'm exactly. Like, exactly. Okay, let's go climb that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But you know, what you said originally, do they really learn to make that decision or is it a response? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And I, and no, 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 I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. I personally believe that no, they are not consciously making a decision, but I do Mm -hmm. believe that you can. And I think that you can actually cultivate that. I think that. Yes. Yeah. 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 And and I think that uh, we should. For sure. Mm -hmm. And then, cause that, and then his point kind of for that whole thing is that normally when you look at discipline or behavior management, 
which is a term that's really bad, you know, if you think about it, like you're managing all of these children kind of thing to behave in the way that you want them to behave. And, and that's what it is. It's like, it's adults reflecting on, on the child's and that it's his fault or her fault. And like, what do we need to do to this kid to get them in line, to follow our rules so they can learn our, our stuff? Exactly. <laughs> or to make our day exactly. easier. Whatever yeah, exactly. happens to be. Yeah, yeah, probably not even learn the stuff. It's just to make my life easier. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just how bad, just how wrong that is. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, uh, every, but like doing it the right way is tough. Like yesterday I was talking to my daughter and I'm, because <laughs> she didn't want to set the table or whatever, which I don't blame her because, you know, setting the table kind of sucks. Um, yeah. I'm like, you know, but we help each other out. Da, 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 da. So I'm trying to, you know, talk about kindness and what it means and, and feeling. And I was like, and I looked at Diana and I was like, man, like just being a shitty parent, like, uh, like a, just a, just smacking them. That's so much easier. And it makes you feel like you're doing something. It makes, yeah. you, feel, it makes you feel like, you know, oh yeah, they're crying and they're learning right now. Instead of like, yeah. you have to really put in the time and like have the faith that in the years to come as you're constantly kind right. of having them it takes a long long ass time you know and and that's harder isn't it it is and there's also a seed of doubt you're like am i gonna do this for 15 years and then it just didn't make a dent you know but you have to have i guess that's for me that's where faith is is like this this stuff is gonna be good eventually and there are no there are and i know there are no quick fixes and i know punishing someone does nothing like i i know that um but i can see how someone in the moment thinks it's a f- being effective. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I well, get it. I'm pretty sure child psychologists say that if you just give them one good smack, you can just threaten them. From, you, know, <laughs> right. you, don't, you don't have to keep smacking them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But you just, um, you got to time, time that one right. Because it's right. got to be the... <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously you've got way... I have, I have nothing to offer there because I, I really... <laughs> But I do think it's interesting, something, I, th- I think I've mentioned this to you, and I'm talking about an older age group, when I first came in, mm-hmm. I was teaching high school, and I was uh, pretty, uh, extremely young myself, like 24, and if you really graduate college on time, you're like 22, yeah. and you start this, it's even more absurd that you're about that to be is. over 17, 18 <laughs> year old kids, but um, what's fascinating is how much they, like, I did not want to be the authoritarian, right? Right. Yeah. But I found that I needed to be. And I actually found that they didn't respect me unless mm-hmm. I did it. It's weird, isn't it? What is that, that? Is that? Isn't that learned? Isn't that learned behavior? Perhaps, yeah. You know, Perhaps. learned expectation of the relationship that they've – because if you – because, it, it, again, it, it's that's, – that's one of the things I've struggled with all year is that they, their need for, for correctment and for a consequence that is immediate and – you know, they, they crave it. It's just, they've mm-hmm. been conditioned to that's how you stop them from behaving. And like mm-hmm. on some, and especially within the culture of my classroom. And I think it's a bleed over of just the culture in general, just, and I'm going to do more of like an investigation in this, in the, in the years to come to try and really do something about it. It's like, um, the kids again, just in the school, I think in this area, it's like, uh, they think people are out to get them like to screw them over mm-hmm. on stuff and they want to be oh, the ones and they want to be the ones that screw them over first kind of thing. Like that's a, that's a kind of a common and they feel like they don't want to be taken advantage of. So kindness, like if you do, if you clean up an area, I had this conversation with them yesterday. It's like, if you clean, I'm like, so you didn't clean up 
like no one cleaned up any other area besides their own and there was still a mess in the room mm-hmm. so it's like why don't we clean up that mess and it's like well it's not my mess like the person who made it needs to clean it up and i'm like well why don't you just be kind and clean it up well they're out playing like you know they're taking advantage of me and my kindness and so why would i do that why why would i and i'm like well because if you <laughs> Because it's a nice thing that in general will make the world a better place if we all get on board with this stuff. But they don't, I mean, you know, how can a 10-year-old see that at this point without, again, a constant message and like a constant yeah. teaching and like, uh, and to really be thoughtful and reflective over it. And um, probably not in, even just their grade five teacher can do that. That's probably got to no. happen from grade one all the way through, you know? Well, yeah, and that's, that's the But I mean, I, of, just, I think you got to do it yeah. nonetheless. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. You know what you yeah. do. So, and it, that's, and, I, and I'm, but it's kind of at this point, I'm like, God, these problems are so big. Like that's this year I've like realized kind of the, cause I was talking to Diana about this yesterday. It's like, you don't judge the culture. Like, I don't think it's wrong that on average Colombians want to be more part of a group or whatever, you know, or the, like the stuff that the, our new superintendent talked about this year was she did the, I told you about this. I think the comparison between like North America and South and Colombia when it comes Mommy. to like different different cultural aspects. So in general, Colombians like to be part of a group more than Americans uh-huh. do, where Americans okay. want to be kind of stand out and be independent. Yeah. Um, uh, Colombians yeah. don't like ambiguity at all. Americans love ambiguity. Um, things, things like that. So it's just kind mm-hmm. of these different factors. So you don't judge that part of a culture. But if they have a belief system, like if kids have these values that are just wrong, like it, I think it's okay to judge that <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, and to help them out of that. Like it's cause it's not, it's not good for them in the long run. Mm-hmm. Like they're not going to be happy people if they just, right. They have this kind of this attitude and, and, and thought. And that was like the big thing is like, um, like what it means to fit into that at, in my classroom right now amongst those 22 kids is, it's not a great thing. Like you have to not care about the classwork and like, you don't want to tell, you don't want to ask someone to be quiet. Like if they're bothering you, you just kind of allow it and then you get to distracted and then it's all about having fun and being social and everything else doesn't matter because mm-hmm. you can do it at home kind of thing. So it's a really, and then the only way to get them to stop right now is to try and do some punishment thing, which I refuse to do. So it's just been this kind of never ending cycle. Mm-hmm having Mr. Light's, you know, stress go up and really, yeah. <laughs> that's, about, that's about it. <laughs> With um, hopefully some seeds being planted. Sure. There certainly are. <laughs> what, do you remember that guy that came one year? I think it was like my second year there. It was super interesting talk and my Spanish the was Avispada, great at the time. The wasp, the wasp culture, the Avispada talk. I don't know. Was that the one where he was talking about all the like little sayings in Colombia that show kind mm-hmm. of the sickness of the society? Yeah. Yeah. Like don't don't give papaya, you know. It's right. like saying, "Hey, yeah. you were the one who. It's your fault for getting violated." Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, that's yeah. I mean, that's interesting. Like, I mean, I think Krishna Krishni I think is how you say his name, the Indian mm-hmm. guy. But this quote's always stuck with me. It's no measure of health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think we're all. I think every society is profoundly sick. Oh, for sure. With different. Yeah we have different sicknesses. Columbia has yeah. it, obviously. And I think that those sayings obviously are some, I mean, yeah, it's doggy dog, but I mean, they've been conditioned like that for 200, 300 years now. I mean, yeah, no, you exactly. Read, yeah, exactly. But I think on some level, and that's what uh, Diana was talking about. She went to a kind of a parent and then the counselors were kind of talking. And I, and I think there's going to try and be some buy-in that, you know, we're all, all of us have a part to play in everything. 
you know, like you can say Colombia is a corrupt country, but you all play a part. Like we all play a part in that in some yeah. way, like depending Absolutely. on how you model or what you do or, or all of that stuff. And that, that there is a disconnect between, but, but it's, it's parents, they have a limited amount of knowledge and they're doing the best they can with the knowledge that they have. So it's like, it's like, how do we educate everyone? And then and that's, that's humans in general. <laughs> you, you, mm-hmm. They're doing the best they can with what they know. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's it. That's, mm-hmm. that, that's it. Yeah. Well, tell me, tell me what you've read about punishment. I'm curious. Cause obviously I know like spanking, I've read a few things about like spanking, but we don't spank mm-hmm. kids at school anymore. Like what have you read in general about punishment that you're like, I'm definitely not doing that. Um, well, I mean, it does like, I, if I, if you want change, like I can stop a behavior in the moment by punishing and mm-hmm. then what and would I be can, a punishment for example um i don't like you could go any anything that i th- okay like uh if they have a little clip and they have to move their clip down to having a bad day or something like okay. that or right. up yeah, to yeah. like a warning ticket or here's symbolic even a symbolic punishment even symbolic or here's yeah. your here's your mom on the phone talk to them about what you're doing and which is all stuff i've done every single one of those things is something i've done yeah. um and it and it and it helps in the moment and it gets the 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 kids who are interested in the subject it gives them mm-hmm. time to learn because mm-hmm. the other person isn't bothering them anymore because mm-hmm. they're quiet because they don't want to call their mom mm-hmm. um and so it it quote unquote works on some level but what it doesn't do is is kind of treat the problem it's like why are you like what is causing you to act that way like what is is it the curriculum like are you bored off your ass because of what i'm trying to talk talk to you about then i need to change that i need to figure out a way to kind of reach every kid when it comes to that um is it me personally is there something like in my style that you don't like what is it what is it really truly or is it the culture and 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 that's kind of what i've realized this year is like there a lot of the behaviors is just is fitting in which I think is a lot of probably every school. It's like, what is, what does it mean to fit in there? And then the kids kind of comply to that on some level. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so I'd rather have <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the, the, the secret is, but like next year, I think I'm definitely going to start. I need to figure out what it means to assess culture. <laughs> You yeah, what, I mean? does that mean? what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. And it's in a micro way in my classroom. Like um like how do I assess what the culture of my classroom is within that first month so that I can intervene like thoughtfully? Because like the only way this is something I read in my or that I went to some conference on cognitive coaching. And it's like the only good feedback you can give somebody. Well, the quote unquote good, I shouldn't have even affect or whatever. I can't even use the right words anymore. I think too much mm. on things. Um, is you give that you give them data, like unbiased data, and then you ask them reflective questions and have a conversation with them to help them mediate their thinking. And then they can make connections and and want to change. Everything else is like crap. So me grading something, me telling them um, me telling them things and being the source of the information is feedback, but it's not anything that's going to change someone's life, I guess, and put them in control of their own destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, so I, a, I have to figure out how to assess the culture and B, I kind of have to figure out what is data on culture that I can show a kid and have them reflect on in a meaningful way to get them to even buy in and care about it. 
Mm-hmm. So that that's next year. <laughs> yeah, good. That should be you have that in the first week. That'll be easy. <laughs> exactly. But what's cool is our superintendent's really into culture. So I'm going to try and meet with her and kind of talk to her about this stuff and see if we can set up some sort of I don't know or what her thoughts are or or I need to read up on it and all this stuff. But there's mm-hmm. some good good and I don't that might be like emotional learning too. The SEL stuff. I think that. I think there's a place for that. That might be like the way to kind of get in first when it comes to culture is like, how do you behave in a social emotional? What is SEL? That's the social emotional learning. Is that what it's learning? Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know. I think that, I think that's my first step is to kind of read up on that and, and look at what it means to quote unquote assess that. So I have some knowledge as to, as to what to do. Mm-hmm. So before I, before my kid has to come in and, and align with the system. <laughs> I, wanted to be, I wanted to be a good system first. <laughs> yeah. Because that's terrifying, man. That terrifies me to my soul. Uh, which, what, which part? Teaching your kid? Or like, no, my, chi- my child. Because I think that's what happens to kids. I mean, I know that's what happens to kids. It's like they listen to their parents. They see the world through their parents' eyes. They mm-hmm. they have these expectations from their parents, and then they get to school, and then they're like, "Well, sh- I gotta, I can't, I can't live up to your expectation and fit in." Mm. Do you know what I mean? Depending on what school, you know. Again, this is all very general. So yeah, it's, I'm like, I'm it's, I'm but it's like, oh, so I have to, in order for me to be part of the zebras, right? Like, I don't want, I don't want a clipped ear. I don't want pain on me. Um, mm-hmm. I want to fit into that group, so I'm protected. Mm-hmm. So I'm not struck down so you learn what those actions are and you learn which what the is tribe an intrinsic wants. need you're not going to break yeah. that no huh? and you learn what the tribe wants and you learn what the tribe expects and you do what the tribe wants because you don't want to be the snake that gets snuffed out or the, the yeah, exactly. sick one that gets taken down by a predator so it's all i mean that's all very innate and that's what why we do what we do on some level so mm-hmm. um and so and i know and i've now know why i get the reactions i do from people when i say things in like meetings <laughs> Like what? Which, which is sometimes like dead silence. It's just dead silence, and they go on. I'm like, all right, that was nice. So, so now I know. <laughs> At least now I know. Now I know it's like it's, I'm not speaking. I'm not speaking their truth. So, oh I'm not man, speaking their truth. Maybe you're speaking over their head. I, I think there there's probably something to that. But I just mm-hmm. I try. I can't help myself. I'm like, oh, this is my chance to say something, and I will say it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. The only the only time I've ever been in meetings with you, I always thought you added like I just sat there in silence waiting for the time to go by because I had no clue what was going on. But you always added meaningfully. I was like, yeah, that's kind of what's yeah. happening. Well, he's, yeah, he's I appreciate a, that. Administrator bone in him. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. No, appreciate that. You're one of the few, I think, on the other. Unless that's what they're. It's just stunned silence. They're just like, oh, just the brilliance that pours out of this guy is ridiculous. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, but I'm always one of the things that kills me is just uh, when we get into like everyone's opinion counts or whatever. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't think everyone's opinion counts on the same level as everyone else's. Mm-hmm. Nah. It's like you got to read some books, people. Yeah. Get on. Get literate. Your 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 opinion counts as much as you can logically justify it. And yeah. Yeah. Did you see that I had sent a while ago about like? If you hear someone disagree with you and you get emotionally upset, mm-hmm. then you haven't thought through your argument well enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really 
I thought that was a really good point. I was like, well, I need to really, really pay attention then when I get upset about something and really start to reflect on why mm-hmm. I think that way kind of thing. Cause I think there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. I think it's, and I think it's cognitive dissonance as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a under, we like to organize things in our brain. Like it gives us security. We're yeah. sure we know what's happening and why it's happening. And when someone challenges that worldview and it's, this is often subconscious, like again, you have to mm-hmm. be thinking about this stuff to kind of root out where those feelings come from. But right. Cause I've thought about it. I'm like, why do I give a shit what that person thinks? Why, <laughs> why they are, I think they're wrong, but why do I feel this way just because right. of that? Like, yeah. I think that's part of it. I think it challenges the way we think the world works. Mm-hmm. And For that's sure. threatening. That's yeah, threatening. it is. It is. The snake. With all these mm-hmm. snakes around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think the wisdom comes from not, you know, not having attachment to physical things like material mm-hmm. wealth, but also there's no yeah. attachment even to my opinion, like meaning no, huh. this is what I believe in the moment. But if yeah. you have some valid argument that I, you know, and you have to, you have to kill your ego too, to be able to listen to people mm-hmm. and be willing to change. Like it's not, I'm not trying to defend my point to the end. I'm right. like, well, either it makes sense or it doesn't make sense, you know? Yeah. No. Yeah. I think that, yeah, for sure. And I just, how do you get people to that spot? Or what do you do when you know that it doesn't make sense and that person's just like ignorant? Um, there was actually, I've read something about that. <laughs> ask them how it works. So if you ask them what their thought process and how it works, like from beginning to end, you know, what are all the measures? Like talk, talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. Then one of two things will happen. One, they can explain it in a way where you're like, oh, okay, I get, I get where you're coming from now. And then two, it may help them to realize how badly they're thinking Mm -hmm. because if they actually have to think of how it works and how their thought process works, Mm -hmm. then that is, that is a way for them to realize that they haven't thought about it enough to know that and Mm -hmm. then would maybe be willing to listen. But before that, usually people aren't, aren't willing to, they're not very interested in stuff. Mm -hmm. So, so there you go. Just say, how does that work? Talk to me about that. So I'm, I have that, I'm waiting all the time for that. If I hear anything, I'm just like, how does that work? Can you talk to me? And then they ignore that and then they just keep going. Do you happen to have an example that you could share with me? I'm just curious. (laughs) Because every every time I, every time I've tried, they've they've just gotten ignored and then gone. Uh (laughs) Why do you think that is? You think it's like, Hey, I'm just trying to get through this day. Uh, just jump through the hoops and pretend. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of that. I think it's like a, it's a checklist mentality. You know, we just need to get this stuff done. Like it's not, Mm -hmm. why are we doing it? And is this the best thing that we can do with our time? But, this mm-hmm. is the task we're given. We got to get it done. Mm-hmm. So I, I get that. I don't agree with that. <laughs> I don't. I, I think if you're doing things just to get it done, then it's probably not worth doing on mm-hmm. some level. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting value out of it, then why bother? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I look at my teaching practice. I'm like if I don't like doing something, like I need to figure out a way to, to kind of get rid of it. And if I can't get rid of it, how do I make it important to the students that they want to do it? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. <laughs> kind of thing. So I don't know. Mm. But uh, no, like uh, an example, I'll give you an example that didn't work. It's just like, um, I was trying to bring up how as teachers, we're not very good with assessment. Like we just like, I've never, I, I think I assess well, but I don't, I've never studied assessment. So I would like help on learning about assessment <laughs> And like everybody was like, oh no, teachers can just talk to teachers about that. And I'm like, Ija, like punto, like they just, like that yeah. was it. And I'm like, no. I was like, what are you talking about? How, how does that work? How does, 
and then they like oh with the PLC and they just go in and talk to them. I'm like, well, no, like really how it works, and then they just skipped on to another thing. So it's just like, mm-hmm. well, it's like, I don't think people are very good assessors. Yeah, <laughs> am I wrong? That's the, yeah, and that attitude that you just mentioned—I mean, that's just prevalent in the yeah. education. Not necessarily. Uh, it's prevalent. Yeah, I mean, some places are better than others, obviously. You know, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, there's that. It was so disheartening when I taught public school in the U.S. I was like, yeah, they just, it'll never be fixed. Like, they always come up with, like, I had, the first time I was exposed to the concept of PLC was in South Carolina, but it's like, nobody mm-hmm. gave a shit about that. It was just like, oh, my God, here's the next thing. All right, here we go. Let's do this. Exactly. And then also, like, even though I think that I became a much better teacher and there was a focus that made me a better teacher, like, I'm saying because of a design in the middle school there, mm-hmm. um, but nonetheless, um, some people are not going to buy into that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here's I kind of lost my thought. It's actually what I was trying to say is there's still a little bit of the culture of what's the next trend. It's like, well, let's do mm-hmm. like, I've never, I've told you this. I've never forgotten the thing that you said, which is that that school that did PLCs has been doing that since 89, basically right. or whatever, yeah. whatever year it was yeah. like, that is the point. Yeah. What is your philosophy? You right. can make up some shit and if you really believe in it and just keep doing it and find the depth in it and keep going mm-hmm. deeper as opposed to finding, a, you know, superficial shit in every direction that you're not yeah. actually even going to buy into. And then you're going to lose teacher buy-in because they know that you're going to have something new for them in two years and they're going right. to, you know, stick yeah. with something and like really yeah. stick with it and really dig into yeah. it. Yeah, that's it. That's all it is. But I think it's the simplicity in that that freaks people out. Because they, they, they think that, that that isn't doing something, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, I haven't had many pedagogy talks at this school I'm at now, but mm-hmm. one thing I've realized here, too, is, like, there's many paths. If you're good and passionate, yeah. you can make that shit happen in so many ways, man. Yeah. Well, that was – uh, it's uh, Alfie Cohen, I saw one of his quotes was, um, with unconditional love and enthusiasm, you don't need to praise anyone. And mm-hmm. if you do praise with, or, and if you don't have unconditional love and enthusiasm, nothing is going to work. Nothing that you do is going to help anything, mm-hmm. which is just, I think, I think that's what it, I mean. Like if you, like you talk about, if you, if you start with love and you're enthused about what you do, that's, that's it. That's, that's, that's going to be the ticket in the long run. It may not work overnight, but, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's, that's the starting point is like, do you love these kids and are you enthused about what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Do you take it seriously? Right, exactly. Not not necessarily like so seriously like that I'm freaking out, but yeah, like mm-hmm. that you have a purpose. You really believe, because you should, that you can either do, like you can have a major impact, positive or negative in this kid's life just based on yeah. who you are, like the way that you conduct yourself. That's even more, that's, that comes, they see you, man. They see us on yeah. uh, that same thing that doesn't know how it's growing its hair <laughs> is also reading you constantly yes. without knowing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's reading those. I mean, I'm I'm gonna get really stoner here for you, but like <laughs> probably reading those archetypes and picking up on yeah. things that it doesn't even know it's picking up on. You know, for sure. Yeah, for sure. yeah. Oh, yeah. The archetype stuff. That's really that was super fascinating. And I want to see his. Uh, he talked about he has those speeches or the talks on the Bible or whatever that Jordan Peterson guy. I kind of want to mm-hmm. check those out. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting take on. I hadn't really thought of it in that way. That he had expressed, which was like the kind of the the power of myth type way, or what do you mean? Yeah, well, the collection of truths over you know, 
like all of these kind of random stories put together that kind of told a narrative and edited in a certain way that, yeah. that told that I, I mean, I knew that on some level, but I hadn't really mm -hmm. considered that. And so mm -hmm. I've always been kind of interested in religion and kind of why we do what we do in those senses. Cause mm -hmm. it's, it's, fairly, it's a fairly big thing, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I like I like what he says. I think he's like he's like stop being so juvenile. Like we just you know we want to reduce it to a, simply a superstition, and that certainly mm -hmm. is part of it. But mm -hmm. it's way more complex than that. And yeah. you're just not thinking deeply enough if you think it's pure superstition because it's something, yeah. you know, it gets dog dogmatized. I don't know if that's a word, mm -hmm. but yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, these things come from. I mean, that's again. I'm just spitting out Joseph Campbell. I mean. <laughs> I always quote people that I've never even read. I just kind of <laughs> read about them and get the big idea kind of, you know, but hey, yeah, that like, works, man. That works. we've been passing on these stories and they become like, think about, we've had, right. Like if you look at our span, like our time span as a species, mm -hmm. at least based on what they think we've had writing for like a minute. Right. Yeah. So yep. this is all verbal history and it's all passed on. And mm -hmm. like, when you look at Buddhism, it's, it was passed on uh, verbally. That's why everything, is numerical there's 10 commandments there's a there's the mm -hmm. four what is it the what path but anyway yeah everything's numerical because it's easier to remember mm -hmm. that way yeah and then jesus and buddha and luke skywalker like in joseph campbell <laughs> right. they become these archetypes they embody these things that are yeah. that we're trying to remember and mm -hmm. why i mean it depends on how cold you want to become about it i suppose like is it pure evolution like these are the things that allow survival to go further i don't mm. i mean you could go you could go several directions with that but yeah but nonetheless these religions are deeply powerful now i love quoting uh guy Ritchie. Yeah. he says it's okay to have beliefs as long as you don't believe in them right. <laughs> nice. that's pretty good yeah take it for what it's worth yeah here's yeah. these stories if you take <laughs> them literal then you're probably missing the point probably right. you, you made that you make that judgment if you want, but they're there. They've been passed on for some reason. And it's not a purely Marxist power reason, even though that does exist. Obviously people have manipulated it and used it to their advantage many times mm -hmm. over. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. But, um, I read an article recently. I really like the way this guy said it. His, uh, you may have heard of him. I can't remember his name now, but, uh, he was saying that religion is, all language is symbolism, right? Like literally there's mm -hmm. sounds coming out of my mouth and there's symbols that you happen to recognize and your brain decodes yeah. and you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, right. religion, I mean, yeah, that's incredible. Just, that. Just speaking and listening is incredible. Mm -hmm. And religion, <laughs> he said, is a visual language to right. express something extremely complex. You know, like what is spirituality? Yeah. I don't know how to define that, but right. it's something yeah. that we've tried to say. Like, yeah, it's so hard to define that even our words don't work. So now we start to right. try to throw symbols like images mm -hmm. at it to try to, because it's so kind of like, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and you want to talk to everyone, right? So then the mm -hmm. images images are easier that way to kind of mm -hmm. communicate that idea, and that's well, that, a powerful concept in teaching too. I think it starts to become tainted when it gets to that level. <coughs> well, yes, yeah, yeah. That's when it starts becoming the virus. That's when it starts becoming you don't believe I'm gonna kill you type shit. Well, yeah, yeah. But I think it starts off as whoa, this thing like it was like. Mm -hmm. It was like you were born again, dude. I don't know how else to tell you. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts like that, and then it becomes, yeah. you better believe this or you're going <laughs> to die. You're going <laughs> to burn in fiery damnation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it's just what the computer programmer wanted us to believe, so there you go. Which part do you mean? No, no, everything, right? We're just, we're just in a program, so it's, 
Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're, this could be the beta. You never know. Oh, that's okay. When I told you that these kids are brilliant, you know, that's, that's yeah. what he was telling me. He, he's a coder, right? Uh-huh. And he was telling me, he was telling me about AI. And he said, okay. there's, I can't remember if he said it was, I mean, I, I can't remember the exact term. You're, you're kind of, you're a tech guy, aren't okay. you? Yeah, I know a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot, but a is little. it soft AI and hard AI or basic oh, AI know. and advanced AI? Anyway, know. he was telling me there's two types of AI and let's just say it's called advanced AI. Uh -huh. He said they can rewrite, they, they can rewrite their code. <laughs> Jesus. And I was like, Oh, you mean like they're self-conscious therefore he's like, yeah, we mm -hmm. humans are hard AI or advanced AI. I was like, Oh, okay. Cause like our code therefore is the DNA. He's like, yeah. And that's right. what evolution is. I'm, I'm like, this is an eighth grade kid. <laughs> Isn't this crazy? Oh, that's, awesome. that's awesome. I was like, "Yeah, fuck your project. Let's have this conversation. <laughs> Let's get into this. Like, this is way more important than than the photo story you're making for me right now." Like, right. Exactly. Well, exactly. Real. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what education is? It's learning from each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just helping them think about stuff, and helping well, you think about stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But you're talking about the, the computer programmer, you know, yeah, that's interesting. He was saying the AI starts to rewrite its code. It can, yeah. it's source code, that's what he called it, source code. Source code. Like, it stuff's over my head. I'm not a computer guy, you know. No. But I kind of, I guess the, the definition is in the word itself is source code, right? Like, right, yeah. That's like the foundation, the I imagine. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The beginning. Mm -hmm. Are we, can we re rewrite our source, source code, I guess? Well, that's what CRISPR is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? That uh, it's like the gene manipulation stuff. Like, oh, in other yeah, words, yeah, yeah. we can just manipulate the DNA now. Uh, just what a slippery slope with the whole thing. We're on the precipice Man. of doom. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think so. I think that we are. Can we just go off the rails? Can we? Yeah, can yeah. We on this yeah, we're almost right. together. I think. I think, and I think about Elon Musk when I think about this because I think he's a good example of a brilliant fool. Mm -hmm. um, and I could be wrong. He might be wise, but you know, wisdom and intelligence are definitely not the same yes. thing. No. Huh? And we are cowards. We just can't accept death. Mm -hmm. We don't accept the source code. Right. The right. source code or whatever you want to call it says you have a certain amount of time and then you die yeah. and you say, yep. and it's, and we have our own concept of justice and, uh, right and wrong like think mm -hmm. how deep get like if you go back to like joseph campbell jordan peterson type stuff think of how deep i'm gonna i'm getting manic so i'm gonna jump all over the place but like <laughs> the creation myth is the source code of the culture right right as dna is like the source code of the species i suppose but anyway ours says we ate from the tree of the knowledge of right and wrong mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and some philosophers say that that is basically saying that you think you know what right and wrong is, but you just mm -hmm. have deceived yourself. Only the gods can know that you do, you're, you're in such a narrow, eager perspective that you can never see the big picture. And mm -hmm. therefore your petty sophomoric foolishness is like, and this sounds so cold. I'm just saying it. We got to save these people who are starving. And the whole system is like, no, this fucking people got to die for this shit. To work. <laughs> right, right, right. They have to yeah. die and yeah. you have to die. And, we're mm -hmm. like, yeah, we're going to eliminate disease. Right. What is going to happen after that? <laughs> right. Are you kidding? Like, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, we just can't accept it. We're such children in fear of mm -hmm. dying that it's driving us to try to reach immortality that perhaps 
Elon Musk think that's is our destiny. Mm-hmm. He, cause you know, he's kind of pushing towards AI and things like that. Cause you know, yeah. the idea is that we'll be cyborgs essentially. Like you can download your consciousness to a thing, <laughs> a titanium body that doesn't. Yeah. Right. Maybe yeah. that's good, but maybe it's just, you're a pussy and you don't want to die. Right. And yeah. that's, that's the thing that I use for spirituality. Cause I don't know how else to call it, but it's like, what is this other thing where it's like, no, you need to accept what you don't want to accept in your ego. Mm-hmm. Ben and Kel knows that it's not going to be here and it can't accept that it. it's sophomoric. Yeah. It, it yeah. just, it's smart enough to be dangerous, but stupid mm-hmm. enough to be dangerous. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and for the, for the betterment of your species, you got to go down. But you, you but know. yeah, but no, we want to, we want to eliminate disease and, yeah. um, yeah, I think we're all on the edge of doom. Yeah. I do. But, but at the same time, if I am on this path of spiritual wisdom, as we're like, however you want to call it, it's mm. like, yeah, whatever. We're on the path of doom. Yeah. What are you going to so do about it. it? Yeah. So be it. Do the best you can with those grade five kids, spread yeah. as many seeds as you can yeah. and live the way that you believe you should be living. And I think that's more powerful than people give credit for. Yeah. No, I think that that's it, man. That's the, that's what, that's the secret sauce, I guess. It's just, <laughs> And like being open to, to ideas and thoughts and, and I think having conversations too is just something that people don't do enough, you know, like having real kind of like, what is your idea? Building ideas, destroying ideas, mm-hmm. you know, having things recreate. So it's so hard for me to have a real Probably. friendship with anyone who's not willing to do that. I, mean, I yeah. don't know if you feel that way, but it's just like, yeah, we can talk about baseball for a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. We've got to get to some shit eventually because I'm just fat. Like, <laughs> I, I guess I'm in a place where I, I'm not fulfilled by that, you know, and I got to, yeah. I'm looking. Yeah, I just, yeah. yeah I, I appreciate yeah, these I like, conversations I like, for that reason. Yeah, so do I. Mm-hmm. I like five minutes of football. Like, you give me five minutes of football. I like, I like talking about that. And then after that, though, I want to, I want to get to the meat, the marrow, right? The marrow. Is that what yeah. It is? And I would even say that if you can't get past that, you're, you're avoiding something. Yeah, for sure. Person. And that's, that, I think that's the deeper truth of what the Peterson guy was saying is that telling the truth means you got to be telling the truth to your own self. And well, we that's are, where you're going to start, right? Yeah. That's so hard because it's like, yeah. unless you've had that realization, which I've been blessed before to have it, it's like, damn, mm-hmm. I've been lying to myself. But it's almost a point of insight or grace that you can't, it's almost like you can't control that. I don't know how those moments happen. Yeah. When they do, you got like, to be aware of it. Yeah, I mean, how can you not lie? Like, if you're lying to yourself, think about what you're saying. You're lying to yourself. How can you, therefore, yeah. find that? It's just, yeah, it's deep, man. It's, it is. We don't have words for it. That's the point. That's the, what I'm exactly. saying about the religion with the, the yeah. visual images. It's like, I don't know how to express that. I don't know how you yeah. pass that message. Yeah, what's the, what's the visual for the don't lie to yourself thing? Be truthful to yourself. To thy own self be true. That was Shakespeare, mm-hmm. right? You got mm-hmm. that. He knew, he knew what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. He was a prophet. Mm-hmm. Or, he st- or he stole all of it and was a plagiarist. I don't know. Isn't there that? Could have been that. <laughs> the parasite took his brain over just to pass there that is. information forward. Well, the programmer go. did. Actually, he, he was working for the programmer. It, was, uh, it doesn't matter. The, oh, the programmer is the parasite. Okay, that's right. Awesome. And some programmer was like, I'm going to create this parasite that, uh, that attacks a rat's brain. And makes it go get eaten by a cat so it can lives in the cat's stomach and that's gonna blow their mind. Just watch it. And I'm gonna send Kel the video. That's fascinating. Because what I started playing with, yeah, oh my god. 
because you know where that conversation went was he 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 went on to talk about baboons and how it looks like it also there's just now beginning the research, but it looks like it also affects baboons to get mm. eaten by big cats. Huh. Really. And I got to thinking just about this concept that parasites can do that. I'm like, who knows what the fuck right. is going on up here? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows well, what's like so no, in some sense, maybe that maybe the cat made the parasite. Well, have you ever seen like you know what? The, <laughs> this is totally absurd, but I'm, it just popped in my head when you said that. Like when Angela had all these cats around the house, I'm like, look at these fucking cats. They're like kings and queens. They don't give a yeah. shit about anything. No, We're serving no. them. Yeah, for sure. We are their servants, man. They're just yeah. chilling. They don't care We're about just, us. Like they would, they would totally eat us if they were bigger. They would eat us in a yeah. second. And it's like you know, a dog person, which is what I grew up as. You, you know, your dog comes and you love the dog, and a cat is just like <laughs> indifferent yeah. to you. Hello, <laughs> yes. yeah. serve me. The, this this comedian, <laughs> this comedian, summed it up so well. He said, uh, "If you have a dog, you get home. They're like, oh, I missed you so much. I don't, I don't know how to feed, feed myself. I thought you were never going to come back to me. I love you so much." And then when you get home, you have a cat. The cat's like, oh, you're back. Okay. Nice to live. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for listening to the two of us talk about uh, different ideas that we have, um, the different things we're reading and thinking about. Um, we do appreciate your time. And like we said before, if you want to contact us or give us any feedback, you have different routes to do it. Ideafarm.education, iTunes, or Stitcher. Well, Kel and Angela are off enjoying Vietnam and India. And uh, we'll get back to creating some podcasts when they get back. Um, Until then, 